the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. They missed their day. Their day when their king came, bringing them peace, bringing them salvation. They missed it. They missed it. Listen, if you're here today, you've never trusted Christ. Don't miss the opportunity. You have the opportunity today to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Don't miss your day. Don't miss your day. This is the day the Lord has made for you. Don't miss your day. The people of Jerusalem, they missed their day. When their king came, they missed it. Are your eyes open to see the work of God in the world around you? So often as believers, we get hung up on following the rules. You make sure you're in church at least once a week for worship, and you live a life that honors the law. But as Pastor Dan continues our study of John in today's message, we'll be warned against the blindness of the Pharisees. These people knew a lot about God's Word, yet they completely missed the fulfillment of His most important promise, to send a Messiah that would bring salvation. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of John chapter 12 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. people that lived in Jerusalem and around Jerusalem opened up their home and took some of the pilgrims in as guests, sort of like Simon the leper and Mary and Martha and Lazarus took people into their home uh, and they just, they just kept them in their home for the week, opened their home to them, hospitality for the week. And notice what it says in verse 13. It says that the, the crowd of people, they took branches of palm trees uh, and they went out to meet him. When they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they went out to meet him. They went out of where? They went out of Jerusalem. They went out of the temple. They they left the feast. They left the celebration in Jerusalem. And they went out to the Mount of Olives to meet Jesus as he was riding down the Mount of Olives towards the city. And And I want you to try to imagine this scene and what this must have been like where you have Hundreds of thousands of people jammed into the city of Jerusalem. Maybe up to 100,000 people jammed into the courts of the temple there in Jerusalem. There's this buzz all over the city about Jesus. Everybody's talking about Jesus. If you remember back in chapter 11, if you just look back a page at the end of chapter 11, the people in verse 56 were asking you know, will Jesus come to the feast or not? Do you think he'll come to the feast or is he, is he going to stay away from Jerusalem? Verse 57 says, because the chief priests and the Pharisees had given a command 
that if anyone knew where he was, it should be reported that they might seize him. So the the religious leaders have made it known they're looking to arrest Jesus. They want to take him into custody. And so there's this whole buzz going on in the city with all of these people that are there wondering, is Jesus even going to show up? Jesus is the most wanted man in Jerusalem at this point. Everybody knows about him. Everybody's looking for him. The religious leaders want to arrest him. And then, then news began to spread through the city that Jesus was on his way. He's on the Mount of Olives. And try to picture this. All of those people that are jammed in the city, all of those people now start going out of the city. All of those people that are jammed into the temple courts, they hear that Jesus is coming. They all go out of the temple. The city empties out. The temple empties out of people. What a scene that must have been. And I want, you, I want you to see here that Jesus, when he came into Jerusalem, knowing, knowing that the religious leaders are plotting to kill him, knowing that they have, you know, actively are trying to arrest him and take him into custody. Jesus comes into the city and he doesn't come into the city wearing a disguise. He doesn't try to slip into the city under the cover of darkness. Or sneak in some way unnoticed. You know, Abraham Lincoln, one of the greatest presidents in our history, he held our nation together during a time of civil war. Abraham Lincoln, when he, when he was elected president in 1861, uh, he was so, um, there was so much concern that somebody would try to assassinate him before he even made it to Washington, D.C., that Lincoln took a train to Washington, D.C. to be sworn in as the 16th president of the United States. And Lincoln wore a disguise on the train. And he walked hunched over because he was so tall. And he arrived at Union Station in Washington, D.C. very, very early in the morning. He slipped into the city wearing a disguise because he feared for his life. But not Jesus. I want you to see here, Jesus, he comes into the city openly, publicly. He comes in, not only openly and publicly, he comes into the city Riding on a donkey, which makes a huge statement to everyone. And the statement is this. I am the king of Israel. No disguise, no slipping in early in the morning. He comes riding right in through the gate on a donkey, declaring, I am the rightful king of Israel. Now, why a donkey? Well, a couple reasons why a donkey First of all, it fulfills the prophecy in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, which is paraphrased here in verse 15. Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey. Back in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, I'll just read it to you. This prophecy, written 600 years before Jesus came, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, look, Your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. This prophecy says your king is coming, Jerusalem, and when he comes, he will come riding on a donkey. That's how you're going to know it's him. He's not going to come 
riding in a chariot. He's not going to come riding on a stallion. When your king comes, he's going to come riding on a donkey, lowly. And he's going to come and he's going to bring salvation to you. Jesus made a very clear statement by riding a donkey into Jerusalem. He was saying, I am the king of Israel that Zechariah spoke of. It's also significant that Jesus came to Jerusalem on a donkey uh, because that was the way Jewish kings traditionally entered a city when they came bringing peace. When they came bearing peace, they would come riding on a donkey. Jesus came to make peace. He came to make peace between God and man. That's why he came. Jesus came to reconcile us to God, to make peace between us and God. Colossians, it says, Jesus made peace for us through the blood of his cross. Now, when Jesus comes again, because he's coming a second time, when he comes again, Revelation 19 tells us he's going to come riding a white horse and wearing a robe dipped in blood. When he comes a second time, he's coming as judge. The first time he came to make peace, that's why he's riding on a donkey. When he comes a second time, he's coming to judge the earth and conquer the earth and rule over the earth as king of kings, not to make peace. So his first coming, he's coming to make peace. That's why he's on a donkey. Second coming, he's coming to judge and conquer. That's why he's riding a white horse. Now look at verse 13 again. Verse 13, the crowd of people that came out to meet Jesus, it says they they took palm branches. They're waving the palm branches. The other gospels indicate they, they cast some of them down on the road as he's riding in. This is why we call it Palm Sunday. Now, why palm branches? Why are they waving palm branches? Palm branches were a symbol of strength. They were a symbol of victory. They were a symbol symbol of triumph and salvation. Uh, We see in Revelation chapter 7, uh, verses 9 and 10, a picture of the throne of God in heaven. And there are people from every tribe and tongue and nation around the throne of God worshiping Jesus Christ And they're waving palm branches as they're worshiping him. It's a a sign of of triumph. It was also, palm branches were also part of the Feast of Tabernacles. It's part of the Feast of Tabernacles celebration. If you're a note taker, you can jot down Leviticus 23.40. And here it's the instructions for the Feast of Tabernacles. Leviticus 23.40. You shall take for yourselves on the first day the fruit of beautiful trees, branches of palm trees, the boughs of leafy trees, and willows of the brook, and you shall rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. So they were to take palm branches and rejoice before the Lord their God. The people here in this crowd, they're doing that literally, taking palm, palm branches and rejoicing before the Lord. And the crowd was saying in verse 13, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. They understood what he was communicating by riding in on a donkey. They they acknowledged that he's the King of Israel. That's what he was stating through this act of riding in on the donkey. And they quote here from Psalm 118, which is a messianic psalm. The word Hosanna means save us now, save us now. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. 
We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. Now let me just let me just give you a little bit of history here that might help you understand what the crowd is thinking and why why they're why they're doing this. About 250 years before Jesus Christ, about 250 years before this event takes place, so we're talking about a period of time between the Old Testament and the New Testament, there's a Jewish leader named Judas Maccabeus and his brothers, the Maccabees. Uh, They won independence for the Jewish people from the Syrians. And when Judas Maccabeus and his brothers won that victory and won independence for the Jewish people, which is, which is the Hanukkah story. Uh, after that, when Judas Maccabeus and his brothers came to Jerusalem, uh, the people of Jerusalem greeted them with palm branches and sang Psalm 118 to them, which is the, the conqueror's psalm. And so it, it, it seems here that this crowd on Palm Sunday, they greeted Jesus with the same greeting. It seems this crowd wanted Jesus to be a political savior uh, like Judas Maccabeus and save them and deliver them, uh, not, not from the Syrians, but from the Roman Empire. And that's why they're crying out, Hosanna, save us now. They wanted Jesus to be a political Messiah, a political deliverer, save them from Roman bondage. But Jesus, listen, Jesus came to save them from something much more important. He came to save them from their sin. He came to save them from their sin. And he would do that by dying for them on the cross. You know, they they expected Jesus to do something else for them. They were looking to Jesus to be a different kind of Savior. And really what he did is he provided their greatest need for them. I think sometimes people, they, they come to Jesus looking for something, uh, something else from him. They want, they want him to be a savior, but you know, they want him to say, you know, save my checking account, or save my job. And he came to die on the cross to save us from our sins, which is our greatest need. That's our greatest need. Salvation of our soul. And that's why he came. Reconcile us to God. You know, Jesus said, what does it profit a man if he gained the whole world? You'll lose your soul in the end. Right? Your soul is more valuable than everything in this world. Even if everything in this world was given to you, your soul is more valuable uh, than that. So you got this picture, Jesus riding down the Mount of Olives. The crowd comes out. We don't know how many people, but the, you know, the City empties out, they come out, they're waving palm branches, they're saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. They acknowledge that he is the King of Israel, but they're looking for a different kind of king. Now, Luke's Gospel gives us one detail here that I want you to see. Turn with me to Luke 19. Luke 19. 
Luke 19, verse 41, it says, now, now as Jesus drew near, as Jesus drew near to Jerusalem, he saw the city and he wept over it. Remember when, uh, when Lazarus died and Jesus wept for Lazarus? And I mentioned at that time that the word that's used there, it means that just like tears came to his eyes, he got choked up, right? But it was kind of like a silent Weeping. The word that's used here, this, this, this is loud weeping. This is, uh, this is ugly crying that he's doing here. So as Jesus is riding down the Mount of Olives on a donkey, he's declaring he is the King of Israel. The crowds of people have come out of the city. They're waving palm branches saying, save us now, save us now, deliver us. And Jesus bursts into tears. Just uncontrollable sobbing and and crying as he's riding down. And look what he says in verse 42. If you had known, even you, especially in this, your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes, for days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you, and close you in on every side, and level you and your children within you to the ground, and they will not leave you, leave in you one stone upon another, because you did not know the time of your visitation. He sees the judgment that's going to come to the city of Jerusalem at the hands of the Romans in 70 AD, who, at 70 AD, who they will level the city, destroy the city, tear it down stone by stone. And kill many of the people that are living in the city. And he sees this. And it's all because they missed their day. Their day when their king came. Bringing them peace. Bringing them salvation. They missed it. They missed it. Listen, if you're here today, you've never trusted Christ. Don't miss the opportunity. You have the opportunity today. To put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Don't miss your day. Don't miss your day. This is the day the Lord has made for you. Don't miss your day. The people of Jerusalem, they missed their day. When their king came, they missed it. Now go back to John 12 and we'll work our way through the remaining verses here. So so you've got this scene now. You've got the crowd, multitudes of people, tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands, maybe more than a million people coming out of the city They're waving palm branches. They're shouting, Hosanna, save us now. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Jesus bursts into tears. He's sobbing, crying loudly, you know, as he's riding in the midst of this crowd. Then verse 16, his disciples didn't understand these things at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things were written about him and that they had done these things to him. The disciples didn't understand. You've got this crowd cheering for him, acknowledging him as king, and Jesus is crying. And it doesn't make sense to them. <laughs> they don't understand what, what's, what's going on. And I'm, I'm glad for verse 16. I'm glad that verse 16 says that the disciples didn't understand. Because I don't always understand what the Lord's doing. I don't know about you. I don't always understand. It doesn't always make sense to me what the Lord is doing. 
I don't always get it. So I can relate to this verse, but it does say that the disciples did understand these things after Jesus was glorified. So after he was crucified, after he was resurrected, after he ascended to heaven, after the Holy Spirit was was given and poured out upon the disciples. And remember, Jesus said the Holy Spirit will bring to remembrance all that Jesus said. After that, the disciples, they remembered what was written about Jesus and how these things that happened fulfilled the things that were written about him. A light came on for them after he was glorified. I don't know, maybe one of the disciples was sitting reading Zechariah one day. Got to Zechariah 9 about the king of Israel coming lowly and riding on a donkey and bringing salvation. And they, they finally, wait a minute. Remember what Jesus did? And, and they finally realized and understood what it all meant. Maybe you've had that experience before. So verse 17, Therefore the people who were with him when he called Lazarus out of his tomb and raised him from the dead, they also bore witness. And it's for this reason the people also met him because they heard that he had done this sign. So those that witness the raising of Lazarus from the dead, they're, they're talking about it, telling people about it. And so some people came out just to see Jesus because he raised Lazarus from the dead. So some people are just kind of curious about him. And then finally, verse 19, the Pharisees therefore said among themselves, you see that you are accomplishing nothing. Talking to themselves. We're not accomplishing anything against him. Then they say, look, the world has gone after him. And you can picture them maybe standing in the temple looking out over the Mount of Olives and seeing Jesus in the distance coming down and the huge crowd and them saying among themselves, the whole world, They stood there and watched all the people leave the temple, leave the city, and go out to him. Now they're in a panic. Because everybody's going after Jesus. They're they're, they're leaving the Pharisees. They're leaving the religious leaders. The religious leaders are losing control over the people. They're losing their, their popularity to Jesus. Jesus is more popular than they are. They watch the temple empty out. They watch the city empty out. They watch all the people go out to meet Jesus on the Mount of Olives. And they say the whole world has gone after him. Now they already wanted to kill him. They already wanted to seize him and put him to death. But now, because of the response of the crowd to Jesus, now this response is forcing their hand and they need to act quickly. And so they're going to put Jesus to death during this Passover feast. And they will unknowingly fulfill the prophecies about the Messiah who will come and die and be put to death for the sins of men according to the Scriptures and be buried and resurrected the third day according to the Scriptures. They don't even realize that they are about to fulfill God's plan of salvation for mankind. In their own envy, in their own jealousy, God is going to use them to fulfill His plan for us. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truth. 
Thanks for joining Pastor Dan Sexton today to study the book of 1 John on Ring of Truth. This New Testament letter encourages its readers to grow in faith, to set aside personal agendas, and unite in a pursuit of God's plans. The author wants those who follow Christ to experience Him fully, as well as experience the beautiful gift of a church community. Having a body of believers around you to support and encourage you in your personal walk with Christ is important. You'll also find that a body of believers is somewhere you can be Jesus' hands and feet to others. Are you part of a church? If not, we want to encourage you to find one soon. If you're in the Baltimore, Washington area, you're invited to join us here at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just a few minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. You can find out more at our website, calvaryec.com. You can also give us a call for more information. Our phone number is 410-491-4592. That's 410-491-4592. We're honored to be able to share God's Word with you through each edition of Ring of Truth. If you'd like to listen to additional teachings from this series, you'll find them at calvaryec.com. That's all for now. Join us next time for more on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize